Hello and welcome to FPL Context. Unbelievably, it's episode eight already, and um, it's a on the scoreboards. It's a bit different on the bro versus bro differential competition, and a little bit different overall. So, Greg, you're free one up overall, yeah, and I'm free one up in the differentials. But to be honest, I actually don't give a crap about the differentials. So, <laughs> so I think at the moment you're. Um, you're well entitled to the bragging rights. Yeah, for a second I thought you were going to say you didn't give a crap about overall and only get up differentials. Yeah, even I couldn't pull that one off. But um, no, yeah, yeah, it's been um, it's been a crazy first few weeks of FPL, hasn't it? I mean, just the unpredictability of it is insane. Yeah, no, it sure is, and um, that's basically all we're going to talk about today. And um, so, guys. Obviously, without any games coming in the weekend, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about what we've seen so far. We're trying to basically work out out of this bonkers first four weeks what to do on FPL because at the moment it's left a lot of us scratching our heads and we're going to try and clear away the fog for you and make it a little bit easier to see clearly. But in the meantime, um, what I want to quickly do, Greg, is, um, as you know, we've been doing on our social accounts, asking people for their high points and low points of the game week. Yeah. So, obviously, game week four was absolutely mental. And as a United fan, it was fucking painful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what we saw was... So, thank you for everyone sending in. I'm going to quickly read some off, Greg. So, obviously, one of the big ones was Liverpool defence. Now... FPL Buddy, FPL Winks, and FPL Beery and Charge um, all got in contact with us to let us know that Liverpool defence, especially double Liverpool defence, where it was minus minus, was a really low point for everyone. And that was something everyone felt, I think, Greg. You, you've got Trent, haven't you? Yeah, I had Trent. So uh, it was quite a disappointment that he only got me, what was it, the minus one point? Yeah, just, take- just the minus one taking up such a huge budget in defence is not what you want to see but I mean what what can you say about that game I think I'm still happy with Trent but my god that game it was a shock well to be fair it was deflections and Adrian like I think he needs to get his eyes tested because he literally can't pass like the guy's awful I would, um, like say, I would like to say a massive thank you to Aston Villa because they cheered my, my evening up a little bit after the United one I felt a little bit better afterwards well after the United game I turned everything off I literally turned all the lights off and I just sat in a corner, just shivering away, crying. Just but, thinking uh, about Maguire and holding Shaw for the first go. Yeah, I, I just had nightmares. I was going, Maguire! <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I got a message ping through for my alert after I eventually thought, do you know what, I'll turn the internet back on and I got a ping saying uh, Aston Villa are 4 one up. I was like, oh my God, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. So um yeah, Arsenal fans are obviously be gutted that Villa didn't get that that one more goal and take away the eight two they had against us. But um, Villa fans never going to see that again. And obviously Jack Grealish getting twenty four points, mental. Oh, he had an incredible game, didn't he? I think. Uh, I mean, fair share of life. I'm pretty sure there was a deflected goal in there. But um, it, I mean, what what can you say? Twenty what twenty four points was it? Or twenty three? Yeah, and also is he he's got that that video going all over social media of him. Just absolutely megging Van Dyke and making him look like a little boy. Yeah, I mean, doing it against Liverpool, I mean, he'll probably remember that game for the rest of his career, probably, and I definitely will as well. Yeah. I've got a screensaver. 
Yeah, well, Ollie Watkins is going to be absolutely buzzing. That's someone else we're going to go on to talk about. But just quickly going through the, the high points and low points again. So, obviously, a massive low point for a lot of people because he was sold by, well, nearly most of his ownership, Son. So, Charge Lee, so at Liverpool underscore 30 underscore, FPL Cash and FPL Dog Unit all got in touch and Stats Lad also all got in touch uh, to let us know that Son had left their sides. Well, that's, it's just, you've, they've got Mourinho to blame, haven't they? I mean, Mourinho making it out as if Son's injured and then just shows up in the team for the next game week. Yeah, well, I've got actually a tip for everyone. So when you see Son's being sold massively, bring him in because that's when he's going to absolutely hammer you. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has seemed that way so far. and It's like, one blank, one massive score, one blank, one massive score. I've seen a few people who have had him for the two blanks and not had him for the two massive <laughs> yeah. scores. Yeah, so what you want to do, guys, is like, don't listen to everyone saying, oh, when they're we're being bought in massive uh, batches that you need to get them in because of the price rises. Nah, 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 nah. What you've got to do is you've got to look and see who's being sold the most. And then when that happens, you put them in, unless it's Werner, <laughs> and then you put them in and then they either score four goals in a game or they make Man United and Harry Maguire look like mugs. So <laughs> that's what you've got to do with Son. Um, and then talking about some high points. So we're going to talk about um, defence and attack, but quickly, FPO Insights had double um, Southampton defence. So clean two clean sheets there, which is great. Very nice. And then research FPO had Sterling as captain. So, obviously, it looked like he was going to maybe get a few more when he scored early on, but uh, still a good return with KDB, obviously, blanking. Yeah, very decent return in consideration with the Man City game because I don't think many people got returns from that City game. So, to pick the one that did, good shout. Yeah, for sure. So, thanks, guys, for sending those in. Um, Really appreciate that, and we'll continue to shout these out each game week, the high points and low points, just to get where what went well for our, our followers, what went what went bad, and just talk about, well, kind of like how the rest of the community fits in with what you guys have done. So thanks for sending those in. Yeah, thanks. Right. What we're going to try and do now is we're going to review the first four game weeks and try and work out what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Might take some deciphering. <laughs> I, what I just said there, I think, is what Klopp said at half-time. <laughs> what the fuck is going on um, so yeah first thing Greg let me give you a stat right yeah first four game weeks we've had 144 goals and not a single goalless draw <laughs> um, so basically what that's saying is is there any point in having any defenders <laughs> I mean probably I it's, it's unbelievable the amount of goals and the amount of crazy games there's been in this season so far. I feel like usually these types of games, like the six ones, the four threes, the seven twos, these come like once in a season, but it's coming every game week at the moment. And the fact that there's not really been any clean sheets, hardly, uh, especially no goalless draws, um, it makes you think our defenders really worth it. And I've had a four at the back for this whole season so far, but I do genuinely think my biggest concern right now is changing that to a three at the back because there's no value in having four defenders. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think we'll go on to talk about attackers in a bit, but 
three four three just seems like you have to have three strikers. There's so much value up front at the moment, and there's just goals going left, right, and centre. Penalties is a huge advantage, for, obviously, with strikers. Um, it's just mental. Um, giving you a couple of stats, Greg. So we've got after the four, uh, first four game weeks, we've got West Brom. They've let thirteen in. Man United have let eleven in. Fulham have let eleven in. Liverpool have let eleven in, and uh, Brighton have let ten in. So that's one, two, three, four, five teams already letting double figures in uh, within the first four game weeks, which is crazy. And Man United had one of the best defenses last season, and now their xG of goals conceded is over seven. My God, it's incredible! That they got the second worst defense in the whole league for xG goals conceded. So I, I guess in future game weeks you got to be looking at who's playing United or Liverpool in terms of yeah. And what's quite interesting is is if you look at Everton. So Everton have let five goals in, but they've only confi- they've only conceded four big chances. So that suggests that basically Pickford shit, which mm-hmm. we all know. So if this new Roma goalkeeper comes in and is a lot more solid than Pickford, then Everton are a great shout because their XG of goals conceded is 3.24, which are the lowest of the whole league. Yeah, I mean, Everton assets are looking so good at the moment all round. Yeah. And also then you've got Aston Villa. They've only let two goals in. I know they've played three games, but one of those teams were Liverpool. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's fantastic. Then you've got um, Burnley. Now, Burnley, people are going to think, how are Burnley third best in terms of XG conceded? And it's but so they've conceded eight goals, Greg. Yeah. But they've only conceded actually five big chances, so they've been a bit unlucky. Yeah, I mean I feel like people usually consider Burnley as a very strong defensive side, but I think the Leicester hammering kind of hurt them quite badly, firstly. Yeah. So I think that may maybe um it's not a sign of things to come and maybe they will be strong defensively in the future if they're not conceding that many big chances. Yeah, and obviously Tarkowski was injured for some of that. Ben Mee, I don't know where he is. Obviously, their squad's been so depleted. So if they're doing those numbers with the squad they've got currently with all the injuries, then when they get their big names back, you expect them to be really strong like last season because they've got the, the third best XG for goals conceded of the whole league. So it will come good. So if you are a Charlie Taylor owner or you are a Nick Pope owner, then I'm just saying keep the faith for a couple of weeks and just, because in terms of XG, they've been unlucky. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, this is unbelievable. So if you said to FPL managers at the start of the season, what defence would you stay away from the most? Everyone would say West Ham because they're fixtures. Yeah, yeah. West Ham... I've only let four goals in, and that's the second. That's the second least in the whole league, and they've played four games against very good sides. It's incredible, really. I mean, who would have expected West Ham in the last two fixtures to beat Wolves four 0 and then Leicester three 0 um, Yeah, I've, I think a lot of people wrote them off quite early, but it seems like maybe there's a few assets in there that people should be looking at. Yeah, and I think. The bit, the best thing, whatever happened to West Ham was Moyes getting COVID. I think. Yeah. <laughs> they should just tell Moyes to stay home. 
As soon as Moy got co- Moy's got COVID, they've won four nil and three nil. They'll start. They'll start. Um, they'll start just telling them to stay home anyway. Just say just in case, mate. Don't want to risk it. You might as well just stay yeah. home as well. They just keep saying, "No, you're still positive, mate. <laughs> you're still positive, mate." What? I've had it three weeks ago. No, mate. You're still positive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Alan Irving doing the business, and uh, we'll talk a bit more about West Ham because it's been so impressive. There's a couple of their assets we'll talk about, but yeah, their defense is obviously something to keep an eye on. And then you've got Southampton, Greg. So Southampton have let six goals in. They let five of those in against Tottenham. Yeah. They've had two clean sheets in a row. So everyone jumping off them after Tottenham have had two clean sheets now, McCarthy, Carl Peters. So if you've got those assets and you've kept them, then fair play to you because like, they look defensively like a decent side now. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely rewarded the people that kept them. I'm unfortunately not one of those people. I sold Kyle Walker-Peters after the 5-2. But, yeah, uh, I did too. I, I literally just, like you know, I blew my top after watching that game, the way they defended, like how high they were defending. I thought they're never going to hit a clean sheet again. But they, the numbers are suggesting that they're a decent side defensively. They definitely have looked a lot better in the last two games. I, they look like they really can start to keep clean sheets. I think... The, the Tottenham game really threw people off of the high line. It looked like an awful defensive display. But Now, what would you say if I told you that Chelsea were the only team in the top de- 10 for best defences in the league in terms of XG conceded? I'd tell you that it's the Thiago Silva effect. <laughs> <laughs> when his first game, he let three in against West Brom. <laughs> No, um, so I think with Chelsea now Kepa's out the way, their defenders, what it's suggesting is their defenders out of City, United, Liverpool assets, they're the ones where you're going to probably get the best value in terms of clean sheets at the moment. But if you, if we're going to quickly stick on Chelsea and we look a bit further into it, who would you pick as a defensive pick? Because Obviously, Reese James was probably the most popular option up until mm. this game week where he got dropped for Aspilicueta. So, do you risk him or do you go for maybe Chilwell, 0.5 more? Yeah, I think if you're going Chelsea, because I've, I've got James, but if you're going Chelsea, then you go Chilwell because you just want that definite start. He's got, obviously, he showed in the last game, he got attacking potential. They have got the most solid defence. The stats are saying Chelsea got the most solid defence out of the, all the bigger sides at the moment. So they're the way to go. Um, so, yeah, I think Chilwell, Chilwell would be the one you'd go for. Yeah, I could see Chilwell. I think maybe I want to give him a couple more games just to see because it's always that thing. I, he got a great score in the last game, but is it too reactionary to be like, oh, yeah, I want him now? Or is it one where you wait and see? Yeah, I know what you're saying. But what I'm saying is the data overall is suggesting that Chelsea, out of the bigger sides, have got the best defence at the moment. Mm. Yeah. So even if he doesn't get those attacking returns, he's the most likely to keep a clean sheet at the moment. It's a good point. It's a good point. Because you've got, if you look at the, um, the other side, so Liverpool's got the 12th best, then Spurs is 13th, City 14th, Wolves... Uh, I've already let seven in and Man United have let 11 in. So really, the size what we trusted last season are not doing it. 
Yeah, it does seem that way. Um, I guess- I'm a bit surprised at Wolves, aren't you? Like Wolves are kind of so they've let seven in, and they're not really scoring many. Like they only beat Fulham by one nil. Yeah, I mean Wolves. I think people would generally say they've been pretty disappointed with how they started. Uh, who knows what the reason is, but um, I mean, yeah, the one nil against Fulham. I'm so many disappointed him in his own as well, aren't they? The fact that Jimenez got no returns against what people would say is the worst team in the league. So, yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's crazy to think. And then at the moment, I think what we've learned so far, and guys, this is probably the biggest lesson I've learned so far is there's much less onus on fixtures for me at the moment, but form yeah. because everyone's defending terrible. Like every defense is crap. Like I know there's some good stats there, but most teams are in a goal in every game. So fixtures are less important because every fe- every defence is leaky. Um, so what I would suggest now is coming away from looking at fixtures and look at form. Look at the players who, when you're watching, you think they're having a lot of shots. They look dangerous. The team's gelling early. Go for those players. Don't worry about the fixtures at the moment because the fixtures don't matter because every defence is poor. Yeah. And I think it's behind closed doors. I know we saw a little bit in the uh, post-lockdown. We're seeing it a bit now. Behind closed doors is not the pressure from the fans. Each each team just feel more free to play. It's, It's easier to play away from home. It's just... All in all, the fixtures don't matter because that home advantage, that home advantage, just is has been nullified completely. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think maybe the reason we're seeing it is due to the fact that players are keen to take more chances, try different things, and maybe yeah, they just people are less cagey this year. They're not really as worried about defending by the seams of it. No, because for example, yeah, if a player didn't track back and there was crowds there, the crowd would be going fucking mental. Yeah. Like, but now they're just like, ah, fucking, I'll just wait till I get the ball, do a couple of, uh, do a couple of uh, step overs, bang it in the top corner. Like, I just think that the players feel a lot more free. The pre, there's no preseason, what's really for some of the teams. Defensively, everyone's weak. So go for form, guys. Don't worry about fixtures as much. Um. And just think about the form. Just think about the eye test. All the games are live. Watch the sides. Who's gelling early? You look at the Everton's. You look at Tottenham. Tottenham look very strong. I know they've played a lot of games, but they look very strong. Leicester look good. Brighton look good. Leeds. Leeds are the kind of teams. Obviously, Wolves have got some good fixtures. But if Wolves don't look a good side at the moment, then don't worry about the fixtures. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I mean, on that note, is there any players you're looking at the moment that really passed the eye test for you? Like, I was watching the Liverpool-Villa game, and it's, it's a weird one to take because I feel like it's such a freak game. But I must say that Grealish, Barkley, and Watkins, especially Watkins and Grealish, considering the points they racked up, they look so promising. Yeah, yeah. All cheap. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I think one of the things what I've come to realise is that you need three strikers. Um, that's the thing I've learned in the first four game weeks. You need three strikers because there's such value there. Because um, if you look at, for example, what teams are really performing the best in terms of scoring goals. So you've got Tottenham, they've got 12 goals already. 
Liverpool got 11 goals. Everton have got 12 goals. Leicester have scored 12 goals. Villa have got 11 goals. Chelsea got 10 goals. They're all into double figures. Yeah, of course, you've got some freak ones in there. Obviously, Tottenham scoring six against United. Villa scoring seven against Liverpool. But look at the stats, Greg. And the like. what I'm really looking for is value in attack. So players who aren't top, top price, but a great value. So obviously, Calvert-Lewin, yeah. uh, he's had 15 goal attempts. And he's got an XG non-penalty of 3.74, which is the highest in the league, which isn't a surprise because he's been absolutely tearing it up. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people would argue he's the best value for money in the game right now. I mean, he's he's leading the line in a very creative Everton side. And, I mean, he's banging in goals left, right and centre. Two hat-tricks already this season. The only thing maybe is the fact he's not on penalties, but, I mean, 7.5 mil, bargain. Yeah, no. Uh, great, he's 7.6 now. Is he? Wow. Yeah, gone up again. It's crazy. Um, and then you've got more pay. So more pays on penalties. He's been performing really well. Brighton are so attacking. Um, and he's he's got uh, he's had 12 goal attempts. He's scored penalties. He's got an XG of over 2.15. So he's re- he's a great asset. I think there's a good a good few 6.5 mil assets. I think um, I'll label a few off to you. I want to know your opinion on what you think of which one's the best. So you've got Mulpay, as you've just suggested. Yeah. You've got Callum Wilson at Newcastle. Yep. So he's got uh, he's had nine goal attempts and he's already scored. I think he scored. Let me just double check how many he's got. So Callum Wilson... He's got four goals already, and we we both we know both of those two players are penalty takers as well, which is yeah. Callum great. Wilson's had four shots on target and scored all of them. I mean that's that's incredible. I, it, is that sustainable? Like, though? Yeah, the only thing you think about like that is not that is not sustainable. Like no one's going to score every shot they have, so you that is inevitably going to decrease. Yeah, and then you've got another one who's really interesting me because he's gone down by point two is Antonio. Yeah, I was about to mention him. So he's had 15 goal attempts. He's got two goals, but he's had seven shots on target. I've seen I've seen him play in the last few games and he has passed the eye test easily for me. I mean, he's so positive and it looks like he, he's in so many good positions. He could score so many goals. I don't know if he's on penalties. I don't think he is. I think he might be because Noble's not playing. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess they've not had a penalty yet with him on the pitch. But as Noble was not on the bench at the moment, and I think he'll stay on the bench because how well they're playing, I'd expect him to be on penalties. I mean, that's one to watch. If he's on penalties, then I think he's as good an option as anybody. Yeah. And a shout out, guys. Uh, West Ham have got Fulham at home at game week eight. So that's a big one to watch out for. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Someone else who's really interesting is Watkins. Now, Watkins is 5.9. He's gone down 0.1. He's had 10 goal attempts. This is freak because, obviously, the Liverpool game. Yeah. But, obviously, he's got three goals and four shots on target. So, whether he can maintain that, but 5.9, there's great value there for him. Yeah, I mean... 
I think it's, it is great value. You scored three goals against the champions, but it's it's just, it's just one game, so it's really hard to know, in my opinion. We want to see over a string of games, will he maintain that standard? You know, yeah. I mean, he's not going to maintain that standard. Don't get me wrong; like, you're not going to score three goals every week. But it'd be interesting to see like what level he actually plays at over time. But I think he's definitely at five point nine. It's not really much of a gamble. It's a good no. price. No, and I think um, I think obviously quickly someone we're going to talk about who's been a big um, disappointment for all of us is Werner. Yeah, yeah. Now Werner, he's actually had eleven shots, so that's quite a good return in ter- terms of the amount of shots he's had. But from that, he's only had one big chance, and he's got he's got a lower xG than Bamford and Mitrovic. And he's not. And he's what's so annoying for owners is Chelsea get penalties for fun, and he doesn't take any of them. Yeah, I mean that's the most annoying thing. I think. I mean, I know they had the penalty shootout, didn't they, against Tottenham? And Van didn't take a penalty in that at all. I know people will say he may be a cramp, but it's worrying signs. And the fact that Jorginho is take is seems like Jorginho is taking every one. And I know there was the argument between Abraham and Jorginho for the second penalty. But when I was watching that, I was thinking, where's Werner? Why doesn't he want to take it? Yeah, he just, I don't know if he just feels like he's not kind of like integrated enough yet, but it's just, it's so frustrating. And he's obviously got, he's gone down point two already. It's just not worth the risk, guys. I know he's obviously some big players to come back, but it's just, it's a lot of money for someone who's not performing at the level of people who are around the six mil mark. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot better options currently, which are cheaper than him, but... The only thing I will say for Werner on the other side is he's got Southampton next and we know Southampton like a high line and that, yeah. will, that will suit Werner. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, but if, if he's going to be on the left, I know Pulisic has come back, but you just can't trust it. And obviously there is rumours that he's got COVID. Really? I haven't seen those. but He's had flu-like symptoms. I don't know if the tests come back yet, but that's one to keep an eye out on. Um. But yeah, I think Werner, if you've got him, it's very hard to keep him, I think. Yeah, I think, um, I, I, I don't think there'll be many owners, unless you're a Chelsea fan, I guess, that would be thinking of keeping him much longer. I mean, he, he's just not, he's not been worth the money so far. Yeah, and talking about strikers, I think one of the big things for me has been the resurgence of Harry Kane. Yeah, I'm going to say now, I think so far this season, I think he's been the best player in the Prem. Yeah. And the stats back it up, mate. So he's got six assists already. He's got three goals and he's had 19 goal attempts. So he's so involved. Um, Spurs are top of the table for, uh, for goals expected. It's just all the stats point to Kane he's getting to a stage where he's getting back to his absolute top, top form of a couple of years back. And he looks like a must. He, he looks incredible at the moment. Honestly, his passing is so, I don't know where it's, I I feel like he was always known for his incredible goal scoring, but he should be known for his incredible passing now because it is special. He's, cause he's, he's as good as anyone at passing. Yeah. I don't know what's more special actually, the way he passes or the way he talks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a close it's a close <laughs> yeah who knows he's like Eminem he's always spitting bars <laughs> instead of hitting bars he's spitting bars yeah he's just spitting them <laughs> um, 
but no, I mean, he's an incredible option. And I think Son is just as good an option due to the fact that Kane's been so good in that deeper, slightly deeper role, playing the ball through. At least it seems like Son's always making the run. Another good option. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when Bale gets in the mix. Could be some serious goals coming. <laughs> Could be some serious... Like Kane's just going to... if Those assists just might keep coming. And if Kane's going to be that two-pronged player of getting goals and getting assists... His, he could get a, he could maybe get his highest points total of all time. Yeah, definitely potential. I mean, at the moment he looks unstoppable, is what I'd say. The fact he takes penalties as well, of course, and he's gonna he's gonna get goals. He's gonna get assists. You wonder maybe if the deeper role will prevent him from getting as many goals as he could. I think yeah, you would say that, but he's had the most shots in the league. Yeah, I mean. I think the fact that Spurs have played Southampton and May United, which you could say are arguably the two worst defensive displays of all time, um, yeah. maybe, maybe it skews it a little bit. But saying that, I'm not say, I'm not taking away from either of them, and especially Kane, because I think they are incredible options. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think a couple of cheap defenders to keep an eye out for is Creswell at West Ham. So he's he's already had a couple of assists. Obviously, they they've had two clean sheets in the last couple of games. He's four point nine. Uh, he's second highest scoring defender. Obviously, when West Ham come into easier fixtures, they're putting so many crosses in for Antonio and, and Sushek. He's someone to keep an eye out for, and I think four point nine could be really good value for him. It's a great point. I think the fact that um, West Ham have Antonio and Sushek, who both love headed goals. Um, that definitely boosts the assets which put in the crosses and Creswell is that asset I watched him in the last couple of games and he plays an incredible cross you know the way he floats it in it's right on their head most of the time it's, it's, it's not, it's, it was really um, aesthetic to watch I'm not going to lie oh mate he's he's like uh, he's like Stuart Downing <laughs> Stuart Downing <laughs> incarnated <laughs> sure he's, he's everything that Dwight McNeil wished he was <laughs> um, but yeah he's he looks a great asset and if they're going to keep crossing it in yeah so and even um, Masawaku he's the same he's 4.5 and he's doing that too uh, a lot of a lot of um, really good crosses into the box targeting those big assets of Antonio Sushek constantly coming in just causing absolute havoc so those two are really good assets that you should keep looking at. And when West Ham's fixtures get even better, they're going to be great. Definitely one to watch. They're on my radar. And then another one is Konza. So Konza, he's gone up by 0.1. He's 4.6 for Villa. And he's obviously, he's already got a goal. And he looks, uh, with Martinez at the back now, he's got a good partnership with Mings. I think it, uh, at 4.6 he's good value too yeah it seems like he's definitely got an attacking threat with the headers um, for me personally I wouldn't think about bringing him in just because I have Martinez and I wouldn't want to double up on an Aston Villa defence yeah. but overall I think 4.5 4.6 it's good value yeah and the most impressive defender I think I've seen so far is Castagna from Leicester mm. so He's the highest scoring defender at the moment. 
he's had two price rises, 5.7. But the question about him is, what's going to happen when Pereira comes back? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. See, I don't think he's going to be dropped, but it'll be interesting to see, does he go onto the other side instead of Justin? What happens with Pereira? Because Pereira's surely got to play. But in my personal opinion, you can't drop Castagna right now. No. And just quickly, I've just quickly looked, looking at that point what I made. So Creswell was, he's had, the, he's created 10 chances so far this season, more than any defender, more than Trent, more than Robertson, and he's 4.9. You're making me want to get him in. So Creswell and another one, Greg, is Fredericks at West Ham too. So Fredericks, the right back, he's 4.4 and he's created nine chances already. Very impressive. Does he, he starts, wait, so what do they play? Masuaku, Creswell and Fredericks, who plays? I'm, guess, I'm guessing they play three at the back. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, but Fredericks, that's really impressive from him. But what's a real, even bigger bonus for, for Creswell is he's on corners. Yeah, that's definitely a big bonus, I think, because I think West Ham, if they're attacking threat, will score from corners in terms of their heading threat, sorry. So big, another big bonus for Creswell. I think, I think I personally, sticking my neck out, I think Creswell is the option to go for out of those. I, he really passed the eye test for me in the last couple of games. Yeah, and I think... Someone who passed the eye test for me, I know it was against United and they were bloody awful, weren't they? But um, I thought um, Reglion looked fantastic against United. Yeah, he did have a great game, I hate to say. So it's between him and um, Chilwell, I think, for who I'm looking to spend a little bit more on in defence. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think there's a few options I'm looking at uh, I'm not. I wasn't really thinking of regular one, but Creswell, um, Creswell's definitely on my list now. Chilwell's definitely on my list. Um, I really like the look of Creswell now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've sold him to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what we're gonna do is let's quickly um, rate who we think the best player FPL wise is for each position so far. Okay. So in goal, yeah. Who have you got? I think the best one's got to be Martinez. Surely, I think um, he's in looking like quite a solid Aston Villa side. He's got the most points out of any goalkeeper this year so far. Not to mention he's played one less game than every other goalkeeper. Well, every other goalkeeper he's played. Yeah, he saved that penalty, which is definitely where he's getting more points. But I think he's a great goalkeeper. Four point five, one of the cheapest ones you can get. And he's in a solid side, and you know he's going to play. Yeah, I think I've got to go Martinez too. I think Martinez is um, my defend, my goalkeeper of FPL so far in game week four. So if you haven't got him, if you've got McCarthy, McCarthy's doing great too. But if you're doing a wild card, look at getting Martinez in. Yeah, I think it's not just his clean sheet potential. I think he's capable of making a lot of saves. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think they look solid with Mings and Concer. Yeah. Um, Defence, so who've, who's, your, who's your defender so far of the four, first four game weeks? Um, It's a tough one to go for. I think I, I don't really want to like repeat what you've said, but I think Castagna's probably got to be it. Um, I think he's been very impressive so far. It's one I didn't really expect to be as good as he has been. 
Uh, he's looked very dangerous on that side and he's got a few assists to his name already and the goal, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm going to go Creswell. Uh, just because looking at the stats, he's the assists, the value you get with him, I think he's the, the FPL asset out of the defence who's been the best for the first four game weeks for me. Especially with the fixtures they've had too. I think it's been an unbelievable performance by him, really. Yeah, no, I have to agree with that. I mean, he's he's done incredibly well, hasn't he? Right. I think midfield is, is quite... It's easy. It's between two for me. Well, no, it's not really. There's actually quite a few. So I don't wanna, know if we can do just one. I want to list a few off, but... I think All right, let's do two for midfield because there's just too many. So a few I'm looking, I'm thinking about right now is I think Son's got to be one of the main ones. Yeah, I think he's looked so dangerous. He he seems like he plays so high as well with Kane dropping a little bit deeper, so he's gonna score more goals. I think Rodriguez. Everyone's gonna say Rodriguez surely. Yeah, he looked incredible since joining the Prem for Everton. I think uh, there's no doubting how good he's been so far, and I mean. No, have a great option, and then, I mean, Salah. I'm, I'm going to say Salah. I think Salah is usually a good option, but I think he's got to be considered it again. I think he's looked very dangerous for Liverpool. Yeah, I'm not going to say Salah just because I expect him to be like that. I'm paying 12 million for him. Yeah, yeah, but I agree with Rodriguez. I think Grealish has to be in there. I think Grealish has just hit the ground running, like. I know the Liverpool game was a freak, but he was absolutely amazing in that game. And the game before, he he got he was getting assists. Looks, he's looked really, really good since he signed his new contract. And with Watkins there, Barkley, I think he's going to be a really good asset. So I think Grealish is in there too. And just one person to just give a small shout out for is actually Jorginho. Jorginho doesn't do anything but take penalties, but he's taken a few and he's scored a lot. And at five point one, if you want an enabler, he looks a good he looks a good option. Yeah, no, I um, I'll definitely agree with that. I think if he stays on the pitch, if he carries on playing, I feel like Chelsea are a team which is going to get a lot of penalties. So they have a lot of tricky, tricky players up front, the likes of Werner, the likes of Havertz, the likes of Pulisic. They will get more penalties, and if Jorginho is taking all of them, he's going to get a lot of goals from penalties. It's going to be like Fernandez for United. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And yeah. I, I'd like to mention, whilst we're on midfield as quickly, um, maybe a quick side note. What do you think about De Bruyne so far and the Bamiyang start of the season? These are the two premium assets everyone was talking about before the season started. What is your position on them currently? Well, I think De Bruyne had performed at such a level last year, it was going to be hard to do it. Um, and you've got to remember City didn't have a lot of a pre-season. He didn't play any friendlies, I don't think. So... I think it will take a bit of time for him to get running, but I'm really not worried about De Bruyne. Um, you just know what you're going to get with him. Yeah. Um, I think like City as a team aren't playing that well. I think the loss of Aguero and Jesus has been quite big for them. Yeah. But he's still had a lot of big chances, and he's he, he's gonna he's gonna um, he hit the pro- post obviously against Leeds. He's on penalties. He's gonna he's gonna come good for KDB. I'm sure of it, especially when Aguero is back. Yeah. Aubameyang, I think he's just proved that he's he's too inconsistent to be a 12 million asset. Yeah, no, I can see. I've, I don't really like the position. I see Aubameyang take up quite a lot of the time. I think he's too wide for me. 
a lot of the time. I guess the funny thing is I'm saying that, but he is technically a midfielder on the game. So it's, I feel like I'm slating him a bit too heavily, but I feel like the most the reason most people got him in because he's a striker at playing in midfield. Yeah, and it's hard to have him when Son's doing what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then forward, so FPL forward, and I think it's... Uh, there's two standouts, um, but yeah. one who really shines because we weren't expecting it, and that's got to be Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a no-brainer so far, Calvert-Lewin. I mean, he's had six prize rises since the start yeah. of the season. So if that doesn't show how good he's been so far, then nothing will, I think. Um, I mean, his age shot up in the last um, few weeks. I think he's got to be the best option, surely. Value for money. Oh, yeah. And like he scored six goals already and he got 13 last year. So he's well on to beat that. And it's only been four game weeks. Uh, yeah. And also Ancelotti's just put everything behind him for him to keep scoring. So I think I just don't see it stopping. Yeah, and Liverpool were their next games and if Liverpool defend anywhere near what they did against Villa they're going to get slapped again by him so um, yeah that's one to keep an eye on because Adrian's going to still be in goal yeah I mean uh, I've seen a lot of people saying they're going to captain Calvert-Lewin and it is tempting <laughs> I mean looking at how bad Liverpool were in the last game defensively you could see Everton scoring goals yeah yeah I agree and I think also someone else who needs a shout out is Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the highest point scoring forward at the moment, 44 points. And he's got six assists and three goals. So it's not just about goals. Where Calvert Lewin is it just about it is just about goals at the moment, but Kane is providing too. And he's just well, he's got a twenty one point hole and a a sixteen point hole already in four games which shows that he is an explosive captain option. Yeah. So uh, he needs, he definitely needs a shout out too. Yeah. I definitely say from those stats, it's one where um, if you captain him, you've got that good, good potential of getting a huge point score. So that is one big benefit of him. I think in terms of forwards, if price wasn't an issue, obviously it is, but you've got, you'd say you'd be absolutely essential. Like he's been so good as a forward this year so far. Yeah, and I'll let you know I've already taken Werner out to put him in. Really? Yeah. Big moves. I got sick of Werner against Palace, so I had to change him. I'm going to give... I think I'm likely going to give Werner one more week, but it's not because I really want him for one more week. It's just like, I think I've got other areas of the team I want to sort out first, so I'm just hoping he can get through one more week and hopefully do something so, um, so I can sell him the week after, potentially. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, well, international break is here. No one gives a shit about it. It's so boring. Southgate is a terrible manager, in my opinion. The way he's treated the Greenwood and Foden situation and then he's nowhere near the same punishment for Sancho Abraham and Chilwell. I think it's well, he's just he's a very weak manager and he's just taken advantage of the fact that Foden and Greenwood are teenagers without very big uh big uh, kind of reputations at the moment. He thinks he can take advantage of that and try and make a stand and it's just not, it's backfired on him because more players have just continued to do it. Yeah, I agree. I just, I don't see why Foden and Green would have been left out again of the squad. Um, it just the only like, thing Southgate's it, done well as England manager is pick a waistcoat out because the rest of it, he's shit. Yeah. 
I mean, I think I think a lot of it is just hanging on to the, the World Cup. You know, I mean, it was it, the, that World Cup must be one of the best moments in football of my life. Like, it was the best few weeks I've ever had. I think in terms of football. When you think about it, though, we didn't beat anyone decent, did we? Not really. I mean, that's because we what... played anyone decent. We got beat. Yeah, yeah, I guess I just worry because he's got we've got so many good youngsters, and how long are we going to mess about with Southgate for? Yeah, it's a good point. I don't really know if he's a man for the job. The only thing I would say about the World Cup is we did beat who was in front of us, and these teams that uh, we played, I don't know if I mean the teams that got knocked out, the likes of Germany and stuff, they got knocked out because they weren't good enough, and we were still in it. So it's not like, um, yeah, it's not like we were just given like an easy World Cup sort of thing. I mean, our, our draw was easy, but I don't know. I think I'm just I'm just trying to hype it up because I just loved it so much. Yeah, no, the World Cup was amazing. Uh, Southgate is still shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but all right, we'll leave it there. Um, guys, we can't wait to talk about next week and have FPL back in this international break gone. Um, one key tip from us both is just don't try and hold on to those transfers if you can because... We're expecting a lot of positive COVID tests when they come back. Yeah, I'd say um, the same. I think transfers are going to be so important in the international break with lots of injuries, tests, everything. So definitely hold on to your transfers. Otherwise, you could be seeing yourself needing to take a hit. Yeah, or a few. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. And we'll talk to you next week. And uh, we'll get more into why the fuck Greg's beating me 3-1 overall. I mean, we, everyone already knows that. Everyone knows why. Well, I can't believe I fit, finished top 1K last year and I, I just can't get anything right at the moment. But we'll keep going. Oh, there you go. Mention top 1K again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend's beating me at the moment. <laughs> I wouldn't laugh she's beating you and all. <laughs> beating me by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, cheers, guys. And we'll talk to you next week. But uh, thank you guys.